Hello and welcome everyone to episode 51 of the VGC Trainer School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by the magnificent John. How are you doing today, John? <laughs> I am doing great, Jake. I was uh I was telling some of the other other guys that I'm in the middle of a final paper exam kind of period, and I just like and I'm just dumping words just on all these different word documents, just trying to get something in there, which is great because I'm not I've not been feeling VGC as much lately. Just because it, we're, I'm kind of done with the format. I felt this way with the end of Regulation C, where I was kind of bored mm-hmm. of kind of playing the same sort of games over and over again. So I'm super excited, super, 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 super excited that the DLC is dropping this week. Ooh. I have a shiny dugong with a whole bunch of ribbons from BDSP ready to find its soulmate in the Indigo Disc. That's great. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it is dlc week we are recording this on the 12th of december we are just under actually we're around 24 hours from when it gets released this is very very exciting so you have the you have the dugong ready to go what else are you how are you planning to tackle the indigo disc yeah so i am planning on using the first couple of days to procrastinate on my papers but I aim to have like a team for like Blueberry Academy side of stuff. And then mm-hmm. another team for like the area zero stuff. So that like my more story heavy mons can do like the actual story stuff. Whereas I have a bunch of the Pokemon that I use from some of my past competitive teams. They're going to use for like the competitive battling part, I guess, of the DLC. So it'll be cool to use, you know, my shiny golden go from the ladder to, you know, kick some butt against whatever <laughs> random strategies they have in the Indigo yeah. disc, you know, cause you know, they say it, they, all the previews said they're going to use real VGC strategies. So, you know, I want to, you know, r- use real VGC strategies against them as well and see, are they going to hold muster to clicking <laughs> rain dance plus surging strikes into half the team. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that that's the one thing that I'm like really looking forward to is to see just how doubles strategy they get, right? Because it could very easily be like because because when Joe Merrick was talking about it, he was like, there was, you know, teams with double intimidate and grassy surge plus grassy seed and fake out and tailwind. So I'm curious just how they're going to really incorporate all of that. And if it's stuff that we'll see that's like, you know. Not necessarily basic, but like, I wonder how, like, how cheesy you could really get. Like, are we going to see like simple beam into quiver dance or anything like that? But I, uh, I am, I'm very excited to see this return to doubles in a, in like, in, in, a, in a main way, such that we haven't seen since, I guess, Pokemon Coliseum and yeah, Gale of and Darkness. Ga- those um, were, that were such great games. games. Mm hmm such great games i found a uh i found a a pokemon xd or, or a a coliseum 
ROM that was like supposed that was like made to be harder. And it was really fun to like yeah. have like, you know, lower level Pokemon and figure out how I was going to have a strategy against the against the computer. It was uh, it was it was a lot of fun to play through. I really, really enjoyed that. So I'm hoping to see something like that with the Indigo disc. And that's from the reports. That's what we're going to be experiencing. So it should be a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah, I am. Uh, the only thing I'm bringing over is because when I played the uh, Teal Mask, I just had a Breloom that was, you know, totally legit being level 100 in uh, with False Swipe and Spore. And then I did catch a shiny Diplin or Applin so I could evolve, evolve into a, a into a Diplin. So yes. I'm going to be bringing my, my shiny Diplin with me because I want to figure out exactly what it's going to turn into since it's been able to use this Eviolite. So I'm assuming that there's going to be something that it can evolve into. So that should be pretty fun. And I'm just going to catch the rest of my team because that's what I did with Teal Mask and it was a ton of fun. I ended up with like, you know, a Nine Tails, a Hound Doom, an Arbok, a Mightyena. It was like very weird, but <laughs> I I enjoyed that because I just I haven't played, I haven't built very many teams, so I have so many bottle caps and ability patches and all kinds of stuff just like ready to burn. So I might as well have fun with it, you know? Yeah, totally. Just like pump your your new Pokemon full of vitamins and PP ups and and mints and all the stuff and you're like okay you're ready to go mm -hmm. just like shove it down their throat and I'm like yeah. please stop and you're like no get back out there <laughs> you know uh <laughs> but we love our pokemon we 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 love them you have you have the ribbons on your dugong so i'm sure you you've treated it very well exactly well actually he uh, she is still a seal because i want to see her evolve in the indigo disc because the evolution thingamabobber is super cool that's really sweet i like that Wait, so how did you get all the ribbons on it if it's still it's just a seal? Well, so I just took it into BDSP, right? Uh -huh. And um, a bunch of the ribbons are just like the contest ribbons. So you just like throw poffins down its throat. Um, <laughs> you, you stick it in the contest and then you have to you have to like beat Cynthia a few times to get her like Pokeball seal so you can like get extra points from having the right ball capsule stuff. And then you just there's like a rhythm mini game that's in the contest now. So you just like do that well enough. Okay. Um, and so you can spam a lot, a lot of the ribbons that way. Then there's a few that you have to like pay for, like in the game, obviously not micro transactions. And then there's like daily ones every day. I don't really care for the daily ones. Everything else, totally getting. Nice. Well, that's, that's phenomenal. I just, I just imagine this like fully adorned seal, just like ready to evolve and become yes. a dugong. And uh, that's that's a lovely site. I'm sure that Tony will appreciate that. Yes. So, yes, we have quite a bit to to cover today because Indigo Disc is releasing, like I said, in a matter of hours at this point. So we will jump into it. We do have some news as always. And then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Stuttgart since that did happen this past weekend before jumping into the Indigo Disc and looking primarily at... What exactly are some of the Pokemon that you should be looking out for that maybe you could be seeing in the meta here in the coming weeks? So first, let's jump into the news. So John, you take this first one, please. 
So they're speaking of uh, getting gifted with a DLC this week. There are three different distributions you can take part of right now. Two of them are Pokemon and one more is an item. So the first two Pokemon are a shiny Lucario with, I think it has like bullet punch, uh, flash cannon, ice punch, and Aurosphere with a choice band. It has, it's like at level 75 or 80. It's in a cherished ball. It's like ready to go on your adventure in the DLC. The code for the shiny Lucario is shiny buddy. That is S-H-1-N-Y-B-U-D-D-Y, shiny buddy for your shiny Lucario. And to celebrate, to continue the Gen 4 celebration, I guess, we have a spooky Darkrai distribution. You can get your Darkrai with the code New Moon is coming. That is N-E-W-M-0-0-N-1-S-C-0-M-1-N-G. That was a mouthful. We'll have all this in the show notes. But you can get a Lucario and a Darkrai uh, as, as to join your adventure. The Lucario is available until the 3rd of January. But the Dark Rye is only available till the 21st of December. So get them while they last. And not last but not least, you can get a free Master Ball with no code whatsoever. When the DLC drops, you can get a free Master Ball. That is December 14th all the way through January 3rd. You can get a free Master Ball to catch, I don't know, a random Pidgey or something that you run into. Do you have a story like that of you using a Master Ball on something that you like? accidentally used it on um no because i've always been in my right mind what i have always uh been <laughs> been masterballing sober fair enough fair enough yeah i uh this is gonna be this is this sounds bad but i've just started like jenning in master balls when i'm like catching legendaries just to be able to you know <laughs> do the ivs a little bit easier um mm -hmm. but uh that's pretty cool that they're that they're giving it away like that and i really appreciate you reading out all of those codes that was a uh, like you said quite the mouthful <laughs> it's for the viewers or yeah. i guess the listeners there are no viewers right right okay so next piece here there is a five star raid that is happening right now until the 21st of december i'm sure you have seen it you can get the Gen 4 Legends of Dialga and Palkia, both rocking the Dragon Terra. Now, they do retain their, their stab moves of their other types in water and steel. So just be careful that necessarily a, uh, you know, a fairy type may not always work. So if you're unsure about how to handle these, some of the Pokemon that have worked out very well include Iron Hands, Fluttermane, Sylveon, Annihilate, or really just some way to mitigate that special damage with like Light Screen or maybe even Spirit Break or something like that have been very successful in using them. So whether you want to do a solo raid or do a uh, an online raid, have fun. Now, John, I apologize. I didn't look this up further. Can you catch multiple Dialga and Palkia or is it just one per... It is one per save file. So once you've caught yours, it's kind of like the walking wake and iron leaves distributions. Right. It is one per save file. Okay. Um, however, Jake, the easiest, so you listed off four different Pokemon, the probably easiest Pokemon for anybody to get to solo the raids by yourself without any friends is you can go to the fairy uh, team star base. So the one that's like super far in the North, there is a Sylveon like right on the coast. There's like a Terra Fairy Sylveon right on the coast. You can catch it 
uh, level it up to 100, make teach it Moonblast, you know, give it a bunch of HP and special attack vitamin, make it modest, give it choice specs, and just spam Moonblast the entire time in the raid. That works? It works because Sylveon, because both of them are special attackers, right? Uh -huh. And Sylveon actually has more a bit more special bulk than Fluttermane and has pretty comparable special attack. And once you get past the the first shield with all the like Terra Fairy Moon blasts, you're you're mm -hmm. just you're just cooking. <laughs> you're cooking at that point. Cool. You don't need some like special outfitted Raidmon. You can just catch yourself a Sylveon, put some vitamins in there, and go to town. That's nice. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the easiest method to get a Dialga and Palkia. Just use use a Sylveon, and it'll be fine. Okay. Well, this last news article, John, please. So there is an update to Regulation E as of December 7th, and this applies only to the in-game ladder. So if you remember when the Indigo Disc dropped, Jake, or not, when, that, when the Teal Mask dropped, the new TMs were allowed on the ladder, and some of the new Pokemon were also allowed on the ladder. This time around, the new Terra Mechanics, so the 19th Terra Type, whatever that's going to be, the new TMs and new held items found in the Indigo Disc will be allowed on the Battle Stadium ladder as soon as the uh, DLC drops. However, there are no new Pokemon added to the list as of now. That could totally change day of. But as of what we know before that the game drops, no new Pokemon are allowed on the ladder. Importantly, no new TMs, items, etc. will be allowed for San Antonio. So San Antonio is just normal Reg E stuff with probably similar teams <laughs> that we'll probably we'll get into with Stuttgart here in a sec. I think that's the smart way to do it, considering it would only be like less than 24 hours, basically, maybe like, you know, a little bit more than that for people to fully grasp what new moves Pokemon would be able to learn and then go into a regional. So I think that's that's the smart way to do it for sure. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, but is there a, is there anything that you are anticipating will be, you know, uh, new, new moves or new TMs from some of the coverage that we've seen ahead of time that you think will pop up on the ladder before we get into it? You know, for yeah. So that new electric status move supercharged cell, mm -hmm. we have no idea what it actually is, but it's a status move. It's an electric move. It sounds like it might boost some stats. Right. Uh, there was a fake leak that was going around that said it was an Omni boost. It was kind of like an, a two-turn charge move and you boost all your stats to the second turn. That's been disproven, but we still don't know what it does. Mm -hmm. So that could be important for Pokemon like Magnezone or Metagross to be um, like setup sweepers. Expanding Force is definitely coming back, right. as is Electroweb, as is Rising Voltage. Uh, so spot Psy spam nerds, you will have <laughs> your expanding force in DD and your expanding force Hatterene back in your grasp in literally a day. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 so it's still so weird to me that they gave expanding force to Arm Rouge and uh nothing else. And... Except for the Pixies, who oh, can't true. really use it because right. they all float. <laughs> They're fl exactly. They don't even touch the touching the terrain. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh cool. Okay. Well. I'm. I think that it'll be exciting to see what what uh, the end of Regulation E looks like and how quickly the ladder gets turned upside down by uh, by the new DLC drop that we have. Because once it does come out, we're still going to have like two weeks and then uh, before the end of Regulation E. So there's 
a good amount of time for people to actually like craft a team for for that information with that with that new information so Mm -hmm. cool all right well that is the news and like john said the codes to be able to access the shiny lucario the regular dark cry uh will be available in the show notes so be sure to get those before time runs out because the 21st is just next week so you don't want to miss out on that dark cry even though there has been countless ways to obtain that pokemon as of now it's always good to have just another one you know okay well let's jump into the topic at hand so we have a couple things that we want to talk about today first off we have the stuttgart uh recap we're going to touch base on some of the the teams in there then we do have the a finalist team from the taipei regionals before ultimately diving into the indigo disc so let's do it starting off with stuttgart recap so in Germany this past weekend was the Stuttgart Regional, where several dozen people gathered to uh, compete and take the championship there. Lorenzo Silvestrini took home the title, going 12-2 and in Swiss before ultimately running through the top eight and claiming the championship. And Hisuian Arcanine claims another regional, all but one in Regulation E. This past form of Arcanine has claimed the championship. Only Brisbane, it did not take home the the gold. Mm -hmm. Lorenzo bringing a team of Rillaboom, Urshifu, Rapid Strike, Goldengo, Hisuian Arcanine, Tornadus, and Fluttermane to defeat Nils Dunlop in the finals, who was rocking a Richie Drago team, which is pretty fun. Uh, both of which had Tornadus and Rillaboom and Goldengo and Shifu Rapid Strike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're seeing double, oh, aren't we, Jake? Man, I bet that was a fun finals to watch. I didn't watch any of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, congratulations to Lorenzo. Certainly very well, uh, very well earned. And it's um, also fitting, Jake. That mm-hmm. Golden Go won its second regional in Europe in a row. Because if you might recall, we had uh, Gdansk, what, a couple weeks ago? Or maybe last week, I don't even know. And Oliver Eskelin used the same six Pokemon to win the whole thing over there in Poland. You don't say. Yeah. I find that it, impossible yeah. that the same Pokemon <laughs> would win at this point in the format. Oh, yeah. man. This is innovation at its finest yeah I wonder, I wonder how uh, how close the the sets and the moves are and the ivs and or the evs and stuff yeah i mean the ivs actually do matter so for uh the the listeners um there's been talk of tornadoes speed creeping wars but you might think oh speed creeping like you can only go so fast i'm talking about the other direction there are if you remember at the at liic uh tiago latanzi the the uh the runner-up had a 28 speed IV tornadus. So he intentionally was running a slow tornadus so that uh, opposing sunny day tornadises would set their sun and then he could set his own rain behind them. Well, if you hop on the high ladder, apparently people are, <laughs> are actually going as low as zero speed IV, like 
minus nature tornadoes. Wow. People are actually underspeeding each other just so they can set their weather last. It's important, you know? I bet I bet Tiago must have reset a lot to be able to find that 28 speed tornadoes. Yeah, he he definitely he definitely did, mm-hmm. Jake. He definitely mm-hmm. reset a whole lot. And that's why he was actually the finalist, is because he reset that much. It's that drive and determination that just you know separates the champions from the rest of us, you know? Yep. Yep, totally. <laughs> totally. I think an important note to remind people of is that uh, this Arcanine was a uh, choice band variant. So we've usually seen choice band Arcanines on these Tailwind teams. And so you might think like, you know, this dude can't protect. What's he doing on this team? Well, Flare Blitz actually is one of the strongest attacks that we have in the format because mm-hmm. it's 120 base power and it's stab. So that's already a huge beat stick, and you put choice band on top of that, and you kind of, and, and versus opposing Arcanines, you can kind of mitigate the effect of their first intimidate with that choice band. So you can it Arcanine really just a huge beak stick in this format, right? Which um, is great. the The rest of the team uh, is probably you know fairly standard at this point. Assault Vestrilla Boom, uh, with a high horsepower being that fourth attack. Uh, this one is not a choice scarf or food rapid strike, but rather mystic water um, with detect surging strike, close combat, and aqua jet. Uh, this is your nasty plot lefties goldengo. We have the rocky helmet tornadus with protect bleakwind, tailwind, and rain dance, and your specs fluttermane. I don't know about you, but I feel like fluttermane has gone through quite the quite the arc. Like it goes back and forth, right? Like it was at first, it was all choice specs. And then it became mm-hmm. booster energy. Mm-hmm. Is it seems like a lot of them are going back to choice packs now, and they're going away from mm-hmm. that booster speed, and they're just like, you know what? No, I'm just going to rely on the the tailwind that my partner Tornadus is going to set for me, and I am just going to blast through. Looking at mm-hmm. the Fluttermain that are all in the top eight, let's see. Okay, all but one were uh were, were choice specs the, the with the last one being booster energy um mm-hmm. so it's it's that that's like definitely a, a switch that people are going back to so as someone who isn't competing at the highest level how do you make that call you know how are you like like how do you go back to like you know what no i'm gonna go away from the from the booster what what's hot right now i'm gonna go back to the choice specs or or vice versa these choice other forms of speed control, right? To make sure that they can get their moves off. Well, if you're if you're relying on other speed control, you don't actually need to invest in your own speed stat because Flutter Main, without any investment whatsoever, hits 55 speed stat, which speed creeps adamant Urshifu, adamant Landorus, like a lot of GUs. Like it speed creeps the a lot of the format without doing anything. And so you can reinvest that in a whole bunch of physical bulk so that the idea is if you if you live one hit, you're getting two hits off and two hits are always stronger than one, right? And so I think people have realized, hey, if I just bulk out my flutter main, I can not care that much about speed and put myself in a position to where speed doesn't matter and just beat stick my way through the enemy team at the end of the game or halfway through the game, et cetera. So I think it's just... Uh, players conceptualizing of the game and realizing oh i can i can position my way i can 
uh, maneuver my way such that I don't really need protect anymore. And if I get, you know, if my opponent plays to where they out maneuver my choice specs and I'm locked into whatever move, then like, so be it. But that's a play issue, not a set issue. Right. And like, like, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's about the, the team that you're building around them to be able to uh, mm -hmm. figure out what's it going to be. Is it, does it need to be, does it need to be fast and go first or does it need to just do damage and like take advantage of the fact that it is now going first because of the, the boost speed. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Looking at some of the other teams and information that we have here, uh, some significant information, like uh, usage rates, if four Goldango in the top eight, that's something that Tim had called out, I think a few episodes ago about Goldango mm -hmm. was on the rise and it continues to really show show out and, and perform very well. A couple Amoongus here and there dotted in the top eight. There are two of them, uh, a couple King Gambit as well. Uh, there is one Landorus Incarnate. Which mm. is very interesting. Rocking on Danielle Spuntarelli's team. Uh, it is a Life Orb Lando Eye with Earth Power, Sludge Bomb, and Substitute and Protect. Wellspring Ogre Pond with Follow Me to be able to potentially help with that substitute. Uh, a Citrus Berry, Hisuian Arcanine, the Nasty Plot Lefties Goldango, a Focus Sash Chen Pao with the Dark Terra, and Gorilla Boom with Fake Out. Again, potentially for substitute and other stuff. It, I think Lando I, you brought that up with us on Discord that it's kind of like it's creeping up a little bit where people are kind of being like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna utilize the fact that it has stab or like ground and stab uh, sludge bomb once I have that poison terra to mm -hmm. be able to do some really good damage. Plus, the sheer force is nice. Well, and the cool thing is, I think. In the early in the format, we were like, "Oh, Sandseer Storm has is is a sure hit under rain, right?" But then, like, nobody really used that mm -hmm. for a while, like way back in Regulation D. But if you peruse through a lot of these teams, you'll notice that there's actually a lot of Lando I plus Tornadoes teams, and there's a couple Japanese builders that put out a team of six that I think was very similar to the top team, but like subs Lando I in for Fluttermane. So I think it was like Lorenzo's team, but you just get rid of Fluttermane and you use Lando I instead. The intent being that like Lando I kind of like Fluttermane is faster than a lot of the format naturally. So you don't need to invest a whole lot of speed and stab special earth power yep. stings so much and mm -hmm. sludge bomb stings so much. I mean, you know, I, I had some success with monkey Dory because sludge bomb hits so much of the format really well. And Lando I is just doing that, but with better moves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that Game Freak introduced a legendary with grass typing that doesn't resist poison in Ogre Pond. Mm -hmm. Plus, you see Rillaboom is extremely prominent. And of course, the ever-present Fluttermane. Mm -hmm. It's like stab poison once you do the tarot. Or even not having stab, but because of the fact that you have the sheer force boost on sludge bomb since you are just you know like eliminating the, the 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 poison chance that's doing a ton of damage to some of the most prolific members of the the meta and like mm -hmm. you know top usage mm -hmm. and i think uh the lando i team i think there are three pokemon that stand out as kind of like the end of the 
or I guess for Pokemon, they stand out as like the the innovation of Regulation E, and Lando I is one of them. Uh, Reggie Drago is is another one. It got second here at Brisbane. It was on a size spam team. Reggie Drago is a, is a like a anti meta pick where if you pair it with like another fire type or some some other Pokemon that can get rid of all the steel and fairy types on their end, mm-hmm. like you you have a win condition of just spamming dragon moves. Correct. Right. And even in the finals, like, you know, Nils was using Reggie Drago as a threat <laughs> to, you know, a team that only has what one immunity and one resist, mm-hmm. wh- which I think is a really cool innovation that people are realizing, oh, okay, this is a legitimate Pokemon that I have to respect now. Right. Um, and it also can tear up a lot of these balanced teams. So if you look at Albert Bose's team, there's a there's a kind of a balanced team with Salamence, Heatran, Ogre Pond, Wellspring, Fluttermane, Rillaboom, and King Gambit that's popping up, where Salamence is kind of like this bulky tailwind setter that has Roost and uh, Rocky Helmet on it. And it's a special set, so you're not worried about Intimidate, but you're also giving Intimidate over. Right. But Reggie Drago can just like eat Salamence alive. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you see, you know, Lando I is this like offensive threat that can chip through a lot of the metagame. Reggie Drago is the same thing, but it's a little, little bit more specialized. Salamence is this new attempt at balance. I say attempt because, I mean, you, you see it, but you see a whole lot more Tailwind teams <laughs> popping up, right? And I think the, the last Pokemon that really stands out is Bramblegast. If you actually look at the usage of Bramblegast over the past couple of tournaments, it's just skyrocketing. Like at this tournament, Bramble gas is at 6% usage. There are almost as many Bramble gasts as there were Torkolds. Wow. Right? And so I think of Bramble gas kind of like a Shedinja, where Shedinja is only really useful if the specific, if very, very good hard-hitting threats in the metagame cannot hit it. Because Shedinja has an ability where it can basically only be hit by five different types. And Bramble Gast kind of has the similar vibe of it can resist or is immune to a whole lot of different moves that are thrown around in this metagame. And it has offensive coverage into a lot of good things in this metagame. So it's really cool to see that it's getting a lot more usage on a lot of different kind of tailwind teams. Yeah, and and to bring it full circle, looking at the top 128, there were 10 Bramblegast teams. And on those 10, seven of them had Landorus Incarnate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there is a rental with that yeah yeah so it's like it's like that it makes a ton of sense you know it's like you have you have your grass and your ghost it's like all right well what grass what can grass not hit can it poison can it steal oh well i just might as well throw a, a ground type on there and then it's like okay well it also can't hit other grass types so oh and there's the sludge bomb that you get from <laughs> you know lando incarnate so yep that's fun yep and we also see Michael Kelsch, our world's finalist, with a uh, Owlpult team again. But instead of Ferrigaraph, he has Ndidi. So kind of taking a, a, a page out of Tiago's book and using Tailwind plus Psychic Terrain. That's really cool to see how players can take different people's ideas and incorporate them into their own play styles. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch much of, of Stuttgart, but uh, this uh, the top eight seems, it seems very fun and... If nothing else, I, I'm glad that we're seeing some innovation 
you know, happening towards the end of it, where people are fully aware of what are the big metamons and allowing them to branch out a little bit and go with a a salamence that's you know more bulky and supportive, or testing out a a Lando I, or bringing back the 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 Palpult, or you know Reggie Drago coming in and not just being a meme because Dragon's Maw wasn't nerfed. It's like that's that's what you you like to see that helps keep a regulation fresh and not just be the same balance or, you know, tailwind, Urshifu, Tornadus, Rillaboom teams over and over again. Mm-hmm. Any other teams you wanted to shout out or Pokemon you want to shout out from Stuttgart before we move on to the, the Taipei reports? So Blood Moon Fergaraf fans, we have Nikolai Hoedj Nielsen and his brother Frederick was also in the, in this tournament with Fergaraf and Ursula Blood Moon. Uh, so I think a lot of people are rightly saying that Trick Room is kind of hard to get off in this format. And we're about to get to the Taipei Regionals where, <laughs> spoiler alert, Trick Room made finals. Um, but I think there's a lot of different kind of Trick Room setters. And, you know, Frigoraf and Cresselia are still around. So it really is just a, do you want to commit to it? And do you want to put in the work to make that sort of team work? If you can't, if you want to, then... You know, Crest Luna Balance, uh, Fergaraf, Blood Moon stuff, that it's still getting results. So I'd encourage you if you're like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of bored of stuff. What left is there for me to do besides spam Tailwind and Urshifu? Well, look at Fergaraf Trick Room teams. Yeah, because Fergaraf, I mean, like being able to both set Trick Room, but also be a support mon if you want it to be, is really great because stopping priority is really, really big considering. Look at some of the more you know prominent Pokemon that we see, and they get extreme speed, they get prankster taunt, and, and other status moves. It's like being able to completely nullify that is very good and extremely disruptive to your opponent potentially. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, with that, let's transition over to the Taipei Regional. So the a type the Taipei Regional Championship happened this past weekend. But unfortunately, we don't have much information on it, if you could really consider it any of it. A friend of the podcast and often a co-host, Tony, did find a team report of a finalist from the Taipei Regional Championship, along with the team that they that they brought with EVs, some significant calcs, but ultimately what their team was and their run through the tournament. We're not going to necessarily go through all of it, but we did want to talk about it considering it was a regional for Taipei. So um, they did get to finals. Unfortunately, they were not able to bring home the, the crown, but the team that they brought is trick room with sun, a sun room team. So it is Armadidi. The NDD had Dazzling Gleam, Helping Hand, Follow Me, Trick Room with a Grass Terra and Psychic Seed to be able to boost that special defense. They had Twisted Spoon on Armor Rouge with Expanding Force, Heat Wave, Trick Room, and Protect. Then their physical offense came in the form of Flame Orb, Ursa Luna with a Normal Terra and Crunch for opposing Psy Spam matchups. Also, head, uh, Headlong Rush and Facade. They had Charcoal Torkoals that didn't get locked in with a Specs set, featuring also the Terra Fire with Eruption, Flamethrower, Earth Power, and Clear Smog, probably for opposing Dondozo. 
and they had Sash on Lilligant with the Ghost Terra, featuring also Solar Blade, Close Combat, Sleep Powder, and After You. That way they didn't necessarily need to burn a turn of Protect. They could just pop the Ghost Terra if they were facing down a Fake Out if they wanted to. And then last but certainly not least, Water Terra, Hatterene with Magic Bounce and Life Orb, featuring Psychic, Dazzling Gleam, Trick Room, and Protect. They have multiple Trick Room setters. They have a separate mode in Sun and Sleep with Torkoal and Lilligant. They have something that they can always bring in in the back, whether it's Ursa Luna or Torkoal, as well as blocking Fake Out if they want to with NDD. They have Expanding Force. This is what you expect from a Sun Room team. Mm-hmm. Except for the crunch on Ursula, Luna, but yeah, that's new. Yeah, definitely some some text in there to be able to uh, handle a, in like a uh, you know dominant teams you could see in a uh, in a best of three that you don't want to mm-hmm. necessarily just auto lose to. <laughs> but but Jake, you need to tell them what they lost to. Yes, they lost to the one and only Illumis, Illumis, Illumis. Well, how do you say that, John? Illumise. Illumise? Okay. So Illumise featuring Iron Hands, Wellspring, Ogre Pond, Chi Yu, Fluttermane, and Urshifu. Now, it's not necessarily easy to say which Urshifu it was, considering they have both Wellspring and Chi Yu, but since they do have Wellspring, it's most likely that they had the uh, single strike Urshifu, would you say, John? Uh, Yes. They probably yeah. had single strike only because it looks like Goldango might be a bit of an issue if Chiyu doesn't work out because Illumise just hates Goldango. Yeah. And also makes sense considering um, Urshifu single strike does very well into Psy Spam. So mm-hmm. if you can tear away from that or, you know, from like the fairy attack that it might, you know, receive or stay the dark type if you want to uh, eat the expanding force that never touches you. So they did lose 2-0 in the finals. They ultimately said that their team, they felt, had incredible power. But they're not sure if it's going to be able to carry into Regulation F. Now, we're not quite sure what we're going to be seeing in Regulation F, but it definitely suggests that we're going to be, that some of these uh, trick hard trick room side-spam teams might be changing things up a little bit if they don't necessarily have to rely on Armor Rouge. Um, yeah, I wonder how they might, Jake. Maybe we should uh, <laughs> talk a bit about what we might expect to see in the Indigo Disc after it drops. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so did yeah, I just call so, you Mike. Uh, I or did I call you Jake? I don't know. I think it was Jake. That might have been a Freudian slip. But if know. you call me Mike, I'll absolutely take that as a compliment. It, it is definitely a compliment. <laughs> um, so congratulations to this player. They call themselves Johnny uh, for coming in second place of the Taipei Regional Championships. Um, They did provide all of their EVs on this team. And for anybody who's played Spam, I am sure you're not surprised, but it's a lot of 252, 252s. Uh, There's a handful of like 228 HP, 28 defense on Armor Rouge with max special attack or uh, 212 HP, 44 defense, 252 special attack on Hatterene, but the rest of them... That's all 252, 252, baby, which is, uh, <laughs> I kind of like that. It's way easier to do uh, vitamins that way, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so congrats to them. 
and it's a shame that you know we don't get to see more of that kind of stuff but um type a is kind of on their own their own their own thing i guess mm-hmm. okay so the moment that you've all been waiting for is kind of going to be mired in somewhat of the spoiler territory because we do have some information that was data mined right we had some pokemon that were data mined uh like super early on to be able to identify what are going to be coming out in the indigo disc so our plan for this is we're going to be talking about talking about a little bit of some of the the information that came out from uh that like we learned in the trailer and from the new information there but ultimately it's going to be focusing on what teams and new additions you could potentially be seeing to the meta from the Pokemon that are going to be coming in the Indigo disc. So, just some of the stuff that came out in the the news drop that we got that was kind of cool. You're going to be able to fly on Coridon and Miraidon, not just glide or, uh, you know, falling with style as what he might call it. But that'll be cool to be able to just like go all over the the region. Something that Joe Merrick did mention in his review or his preview of the Indigo Disc is that it's a very large region. So that'll be cool to be able to just fly there. You're going to be able to get Pokemon that are traded to you from NPCs such as Iona. They showed a uh, Iona's Magnemite, which kind of reminds me of some of the original Pokemon trading card game, like trading cards where you mm-hmm. have like Blaine's Arcanine or Lieutenant Surge's Zapdos or something like that, which I thought was su- super cool. So we'll see how, how that goes. You'll be able to also uh, obviously get the, the legendary Pokemon that you'll be able to just encounter, which potentially they'll be shiny huntable. So you can finally have a shiny Urshifu or a shiny uh, Spectrier, which could be kind of cool. Because we've seen those shinies before. Um, like the the red on Spectre Air is really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not really one for resetting for legendary shinies. I don't know about you. Yeah, I was. And then I realized I didn't like a lot of their shinies. So I stopped. <laughs> yeah. My only fun story about that is in the Ultra Space Wormhole, I was resetting for a bold-natured Zapdos. Ugh. And uh, I, I, I caught one. And I just immediately went to the the uh, the the summary, and I was like, "Sweet, bold, that's cool." Wait a minute, this one's a little bit darker than they normally have been. <laughs> <laughs> Had it not been bold, I would a hundred percent have reset because I didn't realize it was a shiny. <laughs> because I was just like doing it so quickly, I didn't see it actually sparkle. So now I have that, which is fun. Yeah. And then like fast forward, to, I can't wait to have Jake's Zapdos one day. Yeah. And then fast forward, like, you know, what is it? Even just, I don't know, three years later to be able to have a mint, like to be able to like think back on that and be like, well, I, I wouldn't have even known because I didn't even realize that it had changed color. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. So that, that was very cool. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, getting to play this and uh, the information like with the, the new Pokemon and stuff like that. So we have... The list here, so this has been plenty of time for you to stop listening if you want to avoid spoilers about the new Pokemon that are going to be coming in with the Indigo Disc. Some have been shown in the, in the preview trailers, others have been have not been. So obviously a lot of this information that we're going to be providing is subject to change based on a number of things, such as 
what Pokemon are going to get various moves through the TM distribution. What new items could potentially be there? We have absolutely no idea. That mm -hmm. could change and impact directly how successful or uh, significant a Pokemon may or may not be. And last but certainly not least is, will there be another round of home accessible Pokemon, such as from moving to like Regulation D, where we got access to a lot of the Hisuimons? Are we going to get access to potentially some of the Island Guardians from Generation 7? Or, I don't know, some other Pokemon that we haven't had the ability to play with as of now. Like Those, those are, I guess, would be the really big ones, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't know that as of now. So with all that being said, let's talk about some of the Pokemon that are coming back. And John, I'll let you start with the first one that's probably going to be the most used Pokemon nearly immediately. Will's favorite. It's the cat in the room. It's Incin. Mm -hmm. A lot Why of people... is he so good? What, what about him is so good? <laughs> fake out, intimidate, I get it, right? Yeah. That's, that's... Well, we don't have fake out, intimidate in the game currently. And we only actually have a couple Pokemon that get both fake out and intimidate. In um, Hitmontop, Scrafty, and Incin. And all three of them are coming back at the same time. That's pretty cool. Right? But what Incin does is he combines Fake Out and Intimidate with Parting Shot. So now you have, or U-Turn, it used to have just U-Turn. Now you have both moves. Mm -hmm. uh, with Parting Shot as a pivot to get, you know, soak up some hits and come back out. And it has really, really good stabs and strong stabs and flare bits and probably knockoff. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's kind of like Hisui Arcanine. It's, it's a beat stick. But it's also going to take the jobs of Landorus Therian, which gives us Intimidate and U-Turn, and Iron Hands and Rillaboom, which give us Fake Out and some pivoting, right? So Incense's main job in a metagame is, is twofold. One, to compress a whole lot of roles into one Pokemon. So rather than run like five different Pokemon to help, you know, manage really weird matchups, help you finagle yourself during the middle of a battle, Insync can do that by himself. Two, he helps to slow down the pace of the format because he has dam damage control directly with Intimidate, but also but also with Snarl and uh, Parting Shot. So he can control damage from both sides of the spectrum mm -hmm. to help us deal with really offensive threats like Tornadus, like Dragonite, like Chien Pao, like Fluttermane, etc. Unfortunately, Urshifu Surging Strikes does not care one bit about Intimidate, um, but we at least have another fake out Pokemon, right? And so I think the there are a couple of things that Instant's going to provide uh, our metagame. One, it's going to provide us a second pivoting fake out Pokemon. Uh, Rillaboom is really the only fake out user that has been able to fit U turn a pivot move onto its moveset. Volt Switch on on Iron Hands means you're probably not running Heavy Slam, which uh, isn't that great right now with Fluttermane in the format. So now we can actually have, you know, Rillaboom lead, and then you can switch in Incin to get a second fake out to help reposition yourself, you know, multiple times throughout a match, which is really good in case you lead incorrectly, right? Mm -hmm. It's also really good because that means Ferrigarath and Psychic Terrain become a little bit more powerful as countermeasures to, to fake out spam, right? So there's both the side of you can you can reposition a, a whole lot more now, but also other people are incentivized to punish you for pivoting in and out a whole lot more, right? 
So it, it makes the game a bit interesting. However, the other big thing that Ensign does is it opens up Trick Room teams to not have to sacrifice their opening Pokemon to get a free switch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hard Trick Room teams have struggled for basically the entire year because there's too much damage in the format, but you can also be punished for not getting killed the first turn, um, but at least your Trick Room setter's partner. With Instant, you have both Fake Out and Parting Shot to, if you see, hey, like, I don't need to Fake Out right now, I can actually um, take some damage and come and bring in my Enamors, bring in my Torkoal, bring in my slow whatever thing safely. You can now do that. Mousehold attempted to do that with Follow Me and U-Turn, but it just didn't have Fake Out to give you that extra option. Instant gives you the, like a, the peak flexibility for Trick Room teams to allow themselves to maneuver in and out of a variety of matchups now, which is really going to help a lot of Pokemon that have been struggling, like Enamorous Therian form, like Glastrier, like right, uh, like uh, Vikavolt. Super bulky, super slow stuff that just can't get in and do a whole lot of damage. They can now get in a turn or two earlier and start actually taking KOs, mm-hmm. which I think will increase the diversity of the format by itself. And also with Ensign 2, it's just a phenomenal glue Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, oh man, I don't really have a good Psy Spam matchup. There's your Dark type. There's mm-hmm. your Fire type. Oh man, I don't really have something that is good into like uh, Rillaboom or uh, you know Amoongus or Hearthflame or you know regular Ogre Pond. Mm-hmm. There's your Fire, you know defense. It's like, oh man, I don't really have something that is good into Goldengo. That's perfect into it. It's mm-hmm. like it is able to handle so much so much of the meta currently that it's going to pop in and immediately be on teams because of mm-hmm. how much that it's able to do both for your team and also against any other meta team that we are seeing currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting too because I mean, I've, I even remember back to like Gen 7 before it even got Intimidate and it was starting to be, pick up in, in utilization when people realized just how much that this thing could do because it's like, it's so well min-maxed with its with its stats that it's able to really just fit because it knows exactly what it's doing and it's not trying to hide it. I mean, the fact that it's, you know, it's it's even still 80 special attacks so you could run snarl it, like and you know burning jealousy if you want to but but 60 base speed so it's able to be both fast and slow if you're running a trick room or a trick room counter team you know 95 hp uh 90 defense 90 special defense and then 115 attack it's just it's it's a phenomenal phenomenal pokemon and it's it's going to fit just for every single team that you could potentially have mhm but speaking of Pokemon that can open up a few more ways to play, mm-hmm. let's talk about Whimsicott and Porygon 2. Let's do it. So Whimsicott is one of my favorite Pokemon for sure. I, I used I've used it in Draft League. It's just so incredibly fun. It's able to do a ton of stuff because of that f- speed that it has, in addition to being a prankster Pokemon. Now, one thing that does hurt it is that it's prankster without being dark type, such as like a Sableye or a, you know, uh, Grimmsnarl or something like that. But we see with Tornadus, that doesn't necessarily matter. This is a Whimsicott that gets even a faster Tailwind and also gets access to things like Encore and Charm and Tickle and Dazzling Gleam. Ooh, Tickle. 
all like weird stuff that even like misty terrain so you can have that additional you know side spam matchup or if you're afraid of spore or you know thunder wave or you know will-o-wisp you're able to pop that very quickly whimsicott's able to you know again fit on a tailwind team and do a ton of stuff even with like fake tears and things that tornadus doesn't have access to that whimsicott's able to add to your team to make your heavy hitters even that much stronger or mitigate a lot of damage through other status moves. And it's a fairy type, mm-hmm. right? It So both of its types actually do really important things. So it's a fairy type. So you kind of get the the support of Tornadus with the with some offensive coverage of Fluttermane. So on some teams, you might be like, well, I already have Whimsicott. Why do I need my Fluttermane? So it, there's actually some, I expect, you know, Fluttermane usage to maybe decrease a little bit just because it's it's got some side competition from Whimsicott, but also it's a prankster Pokemon that is immune to Rage Powder, which means you can encore stuff around mm-hmm. a Moongus. Yep. Which will get very, very annoying. Yeah, very much so. One thing that Whimsicott got, not is it nature power mm-hmm. or secret power? What's the what's the status move that does damage? That's nature power that's no longer in the game. It's no longer in the game? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was that was so fun when people would use that with like uh, like nature power Z crystals and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because mm-hmm. you get a nuke that would go first. <laughs> Insane. Yep. Um, oh, something to, to keep in mind since uh, Whimsicott is, is coming back. So Whimsicott with, with priority Encore is able to encore yourself into priority moves essentially so we don't know necessarily if like terrakion is coming back correct we do know that terrakion is coming back it was in the trailer okay cool so right so so terrakion is coming back so with whimsicott <laughs> with being like a, a beat up pokemon because oh, it, no. it, it gets access to beat up mm-hmm. so you're able to use things such as like Whimsicott is able to beat up into Terrakion with um, Justified, so it gets that massive boost. Well, you're able to then Encore into it using Rock Slide from the previous turn, but if you quick click like Quick Attack, mm-hmm. you are going after the Whimsicott technically. Mm-hmm. And it Encores you into Rock Slide, but it keeps the same priority that you had originally clicked, so you're getting priority Rock Slide which is so cool. Priority plus four rock slide. Like it's insane. And then Whimsicott with potentially Annihilate to be like a fast tailwind setter for Annihilate doesn't get the, the, the friend guard, which that's fine. But like mouse ape stuff that now also gets tailwind crazy. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're next to Annihilate, you can tickle your opponents to death Mm -hmm. before they get rage fisted. And Whimsicott gets light screen, so you're able to get that light screen plus, you know, bulk up. So it's like very similar to the same thing as Friend Guard. Yeah. But speaking um, of yeah, things that don't want to be encored, Porygon 2. <laughs> yeah. Porygon 2 is going to help uh, more flexible Trick Room teams or slow bulky teams actually uh, do their slow bulky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of already have this with Cresselia, with Lunar Blessing, and with uh, EV light dust clops, but Porygon 2 is really helpful because it actually does damage on like dust clops and Cresselia. It has recover and it has trick room, right? Yep. 
so between trace, between analytic, between download, you actually have this Pokemon that can that importantly can set Trick Room like in the middle of the game and then transition you to a, a Trick Room end game rather than needing to set it first, which is something that we just haven't really had in the format because we could do that with Cresselia, but then Cresselia is kind of a sitting duck, quite literally on the field doing no damage. <laughs> um, Porygon 2, however, is not a sitting duck. Right. And with its with its stats, I mean, it's it's incredibly bulky. And it's like, depending on what you want to run with it, because those are all really good abilities, whether you do want to trace that Intimidate, like, or at least try to, or, you know, utilize Analytic, or even download, like, you can really build this P2 to be whatever you want it to be. Like, it can be Bolt Beam, Trick Room, and Recover, if you want to just, like, be more of, like, an offensive set with Analytic, um, to be able to like reset things, or if you want to actually set trick room and then try to you know boost your team or something like that, or or sweep with it, you can like it's not sweep necessarily, but at least do significant damage. Because try attack, I mean, like that. I think that's still in the game, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is also something that could have a a stab Terra blast without needing to Terra. Mm-hmm. So that could also be fun to to, to utilize. So. Porygon 2 is also one of my one of my favorite Pokemon. Definitely more in like a singles in in like in singles, but in doubles, it can in some instances win games on its own, not necessarily by winning a 3v1, but more so forcing your opponent to dedicate so many resources to killing it because it's so bulky. And if you're able to avoid a knockoff or two, it's able to uh really, really uh be a lot of trouble for both trick room teams and you know more hyper offense teams totally totally okay so some of the other stuff that we have are things that could potentially make a splash but may also be just kind of bait so it's still to be determined just how good some of these other pokemon will be um so Obviously, popping up in Gen 8 was Duraludon. People were very cool to see another Steel Dragon type that wasn't just a Legendary. Then we get the Indigo Disc trailer, and we see Archaludon, the evolution of Duraludon, getting stalwart and stamina and just being this big, bulky bridge. And uh, I'm curious if it's gonna actually be good or not steel dragon is a very cool typing i mean we see it with hisui and gudra being very good um but you know the the fighting weakness is rough the ground weakness is rough but uh what do you think john well the other big thing is that where is where where's the hole that archer ludon's filling right Mm -hmm. because usually with regulations we're actually updating uh previous archetypes and on our current rain teams, I mean, we just talked about the winning team from uh, Stuttgart. Are you really going to put Archeludon on a, on a team over Goldango? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Gold, you know, unless Archeludon has above 135 special attack, I mean, Goldango can kind of nasty plot and, and, and do better because it can't be faked out naturally. Right? Goldango also can't be taunted. It can't be spored, right? It, there's a lot of ways that Archeludon can be disrupted um, where Goldango cannot be not, or Fluttermane cannot. cannot. Um, 
And so it looks like the Mon could be really great because, you know, Electroshot, which is basically meteor beam, mm -hmm. but it has like a sink. It doesn't have a charge turn under rain. Like that sounds really great, but it's also competing with a whole lot of other Pokemon. You know, we, we don't, we might not get into it a whole lot, but Raging Bolt looks like the torn Urshifu counter with a priority electric special sucker punch that can smack both Tornadus for weakness and Urshifu for weakness. Mm -hmm. Archaludon is also a dragon type that has electric moves, but like it doesn't have that that stab special sucker punch. So right that right that that's the that's the question mark in our minds is could Archaludon actually be that great? And I think the thing that it could do is that with stamina, you actually get a, a defense boost for every hit that you take, both special and physical. So what you can do with Archaludon is kind of treat it like an Annihilate where it gets smacked throughout the game and it naturally resists Urshifu's water moves. So if you're getting smacked throughout the game and you're stacking your defense boost, all of a sudden close combat isn't doing a whole lot of damage into you mm -hmm. anymore. Right, so it could become this niche end end game win condition into Urshifu and Tornadus, but time will tell. Right, I think that the 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 big thing with that is really going to be like the stat distribution is does that present an, like a new niche for it? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that the only way that I could see it really seeing much play is if it's so slow that it's on a trick room team. Mm -hmm. It's like taking the place of something like, or at least competing with like Torkoal for mm -hmm. being that like, I'm going to bring this in the back and it's going to sweep for me. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, if it's rocking like 65 speed or something like that, it's just going to, it's going to fall by the wayside from these so many other options that you have that fulfill the bulky steel type or mm -hmm. the special seal type or the special dragon, which we don't really even see that very often as being like a, a necessity unless it has a broken attack like Reggie Drago mm -hmm. that is like super high base power that hits both sides. You mm -hmm. know, if it's just like Draco meteor, I'm not chick. I'm not clicking that. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not bringing that Pokemon, you know? Yep. Yep. And speaking uh, of bulky steel types. Yep. We've got our Gen 3 supercomputer, Metagross himself. So Metagross obviously has been around for decades at this point. Um, rocking 80 HP, 135 attack, 130 defense, uh, 90 special defense, and 70 speed. The clear body is pretty cool with this, considering that you know a lot of Intimidate Pokemon are going to be coming back like we've talked about. With Terra, it is interesting. I mean, getting the bullet punch is is cool. Um, not having a 100% accurate stab psychic move might hurt it a little bit, but you do get, I guess, psychic Terra, Terra Blast if you want it to. But I mean, I Psycho Cut is a move and Zen Headbutter moves, but they're not great. Yeah, and like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, I just, I don't, it's also going to depend on what's its coverage because mm -hmm. like Mega Metagross was really good when it had access to like Earthquake, Ice Punch, Thunder Punch. I'm curious how much of that is going to carry into Gen 9 and it's going to be able to hit things that are 
you know, it things beyond, you know, just like what steel is able to be super effective or neutral into. Because like initially you're looking at it and you're like, oh, great. Another, another, you know, uh, bulky steel type with bullet punch to be able to take out Fluttermane. And it's like, we have that in Scizor mm-hmm. and people aren't using it. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, you could argue that, okay, well, it has the built-in clear amulet because it has clear body. But it's like then, okay, well, are you putting on it like a life orb or an assault vest or citrus berry or something? But having that ghost weakness, that dark weakness, that ground weakness that Scizor doesn't have, I feel like it just kind of puts it into this, like in this, yeah, it's cool, but like, I'm going to pick something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like I could see it being okay. I think it would have you'd have to be able to figure out a way to handle opposing steel types. You'd have to figure out a way to handle opposing incineroar and you'd have to figure out a way to handle opposing I guess water types mm-hmm. such as like urshifu. And it's like when you're doing that you're just like okay, well am I really making this many concessions to be able to play with something that is going to be able to hit fluttermane <laughs> and then the water terrors and mm-hmm. you're just S- sol you know yep yep well speaking of water types something that potentially could be coming in regulation f but we haven't been able to play with what we've had for a while now is walking wake so obviously we've seen we've we've had walking wake and we've had iron leaves and then in the trailers we've also seen what is it iron crown crown and uh, the 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 Ryko uh, raging only, bolt, raging bolt. Thank you. So we're assuming that there's probably going to be a third, you know, sort of justice parad- uh, paradox in Terrakion, and also a third, um, you know, uh, Entei form for like the uh, the legendary beasts from Johto. But walking wake in and of itself, you get the boost in sun and you get the boost in rain from Hydrosteam. Uh, Water dragon is a very good typing, of course. And it has fairly good stats where you would want it to be with, you know, 109 speed, 125 special attack, um, 83 special defense, 80 or 99 HP is also pretty bulky. But John, do you think that we're actually going to see it play on a sun team, rain team, or just maybe a balance team? Yeah. So I actually want to bring in uh, Venusaur in on this conversation as well, because okay. Kind of like with Archiludon, the question is, where does this fit on current team archetypes, right? And current Sun teams are either hard trigger teams where you have Hisui Lilligant plus Torkoal plus a hard trigger mode, right? Or you have Manual Sun with Tornadus plus Fluttermane plus like a Landorus or a Hisui Arcanine, of course, maybe Bramblegast or something like that. Um Sure, we have we don't really have the water types. I mean, actually, some manual sun teams just use Urshifu, honestly. <laughs> right? Um, or even Gastrodon. Yeah, or they use Gastrodon. Because well, you can just they use Gastrodon. It, it, it doesn't really use water moves, but yeah, it, it's still a water type, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is like if even Urshifu is optional on the manual sun teams and walking wake is just too fast to fit on these hard trick room teams, how is it gonna fit? Right, like where where is it actually going to fit onto these existing teams and not actually detract from how the team functions? And similarly, you know, Venusaur looks like a better Hisui Lilligant because it has a pretty fast sleep powder. It can outspeed um, Iron Bundle if it needs to. It has stab grass moves, stab poison moves into the metagame. It's special, 
So it doesn't care about intimidate, but if you think about its moveset, it can run two stabs, sleep powder and protect. Well, mm -hmm. then it gets walled by, by steel types. If it drops a stab move, then it deals less damage. Uh, if it drops protect, then it can't, you know, protect itself in front of fake outs. So it has to run like Covert Cloak or, or Terra Ghost. Um, and also, my big thing against Venusaur is that we already have Victory Bell. Now, Victory Bell does not have Earth Power, but it does have Weather Ball. It does have Sludge Bomb. It does have um, Leaf Storm. It has, you know, it has the special Grass Stabs. It has the same special attack as Venusaur. It's a little bit slower, but we see none of Victory Bell on these teams. Like no one even trying Victory Bell whatsoever, mm -hmm. um, which makes me think if we're not even trying the a slightly worse version of Venu, and all that Venu is really bringing is 10 more speed and like a bit more bulk. I don't know if Venu is actually going to make that much of a splash in the broader metagame because you're already having to commit either Tornadus or Torkoal with it. And you're having to commit a Pokemon that just has a niche that we don't really care about right now, <laughs> to put it frankly. Right. Um, and so, you know, we could see Psyspam teams come back like with Indeedee, Hatterene, Venusaur and Torkoal, like we saw in Sword and Shield, but that's like a very specific team archetype, and we don't know if that's actually going to be that great. Um, when we have Urshifu and Rain Dance Tornadus <laughs> in the format and Ensign back, right? And it's like with Venu, don't get lulled into the sense of well, it was really good in Gen Eight. That's because of Vine Lash. Like that was such mm -hmm. a that was a nuke of a of a grass attack. That it was able to let loose. It doesn't have access to that. So you're utilizing something like, you know, Giga Drain, Leaf Storm, um, Energy Ball. Like you're not just getting this 130 base power move that you're able to fire off whenever you want to. And you're not clicking Sleep Powder into something that gets big for three turns and would hate to be asleep for all three of those turns. Right. We don't have this gimmick that you can time out. Exactly. Yeah, you're, uh, you know, and then with tons of Pokemon that are utilizing Grass Terra or like, you know, uh, safety goggles, it's like that utility goes down fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so try it, sure, if you want to, but it might not be there. Prove us wrong. Use Walking Wake, use Venusaur, use Torkoal on your Sun teams. You go win those Limitless Tours. <laughs> you go win that regional. You prove us wrong. And if you do so, we might have to call you an artist, uh, just like this next Pokemon that we are pretty confident won't be as good. Smeargle has caused fear in Pokemon players for years because of Dark Void. What gen was that? Was that five? That was, yeah, four? that was gen four, five, and six, yeah. So it had access to a 100% accurate uh, sleep. Well, it was 80% accurate, but it was spread sleep. Okay. So it was, yeah, learn it through Darkrai, but they nerfed Dark Void that only Darkrai can use it. So Smeargle comes back, and yes, it can ac have access to Spore. It can have access to Fake Out. It can have access to Encore. But has anybody actually looked at this thing's stats? They're dog water. It's 55 HP, 35 defense, 45 special defense, and 75 speed. Breloom is only 70 speed and it never gets gets played. So like you're getting a little bit more speed to be able to click Spore after clicking Fake Out. Sure, you can get Moody, but like 
does that actually work in your favor? Tough to say. I guess you only really need speed, but like with so much, so much damage that we have in the format right now, especially on the physical side with this thing have having 35 base defense, it's going to get destroyed. Like I, you can't just moody protect in front of an Urshifu because mm-hmm. you're going to die. So <laughs> smear goal is something that we are a hundred percent going to see initially. So be aware of that. But I feel very confident, especially with talking to you, John, that like it's going to die out quickly. The, the the top tables are not going to be seeing this Pokemon. Well, yeah, you know, the top tables might see like one of them because we have one Smeargle hero, right? But we're not going to see it dominate nearly like it used to. Well, I mean, even uh, before Gen 7, Moody used to increase evasiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So you used to be able to dodge things as as well as uh tank things but now you can't dodge them anymore and now we can crit through all your defense boosts and we can also just taunt you with good pokemon like tornadoes right right um yeah so i think yeah i think we're both agreed that you know smear can can do whatever it wants right it can set you know it can accelerate whatever random bug type you want to activate a weakness policy on right <laughs> it can do it any strat you, you you it puts its mind to but it doesn't mean it's actually going to do a whole lot on the broader scale other than give you like a headache on the ladder sometimes. Yeah. So if that happens, don't sweat it. It happens to the best of us, but I, it's, it's just, I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be that good unless there's some broken new moves that get, that get presented. That's able to sketch and learn. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. Um, last that we have here are some very slow new options that Trick Room could be seeing in Rhyperior and Primarina. They fit a similar niche considering they are kind of very opposite of each other in in every single way. Um, But (laughs) Rhyperior and Primarina coming back in, Rhyperior is able to take on that rock slide and ground stab uh, roll a very uh, very low speed to be able to fit on that trick room team and with clear amulet it's able to avoid those intimidates then you have primarina with the sky high special attack and special defense it's able to utilize the stabs of water and fairy to uh, great success potentially to help out on some of those those trick room teams that have issue with um you know opposing fire types or maybe some just like you know steel types that are not able to hit that you're able to have the uh, you know stab ground or just uh, stab water able to go into them and have pretty significant damage yeah exactly i think rapier suffered for a lot of reasons uh in previous formats but one of the big ones was intimidate and now we have pretty great trick room setters and we have clear amulet so that Landorus and Ensign can't just intimidate cycle you all day long. And you can even tear out of your really bad weaknesses. So imagine like your Terra, you know, water or Terra fairy Rhyperior has only a couple weaknesses now with mm-hmm. all of its bulk. Plus solid rock to be able to mitigate that super effective damage even further. Like exactly. a water Terra only being like weak to like a three quarter damage from, you know, grass or electric is insane. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Primarina is a new offensive Parasong option, which we just haven't had except for Fluttermane. So it'll be cool to introduce a lot more flexibility in 
these slower options for trick room to take advantage of. Exactly. All right. So that was some of the stuff that we think could be, you know, on the competitive side. So I guess we'll just sort of wrap up here. Um, John, are there any returning Pokemon that you are excited to see or excited to potentially use in more of like a casual or less serious setting? Yeah, so I noticed that Minior, of all things, is coming back. So the little uh, meteorite guy from Gen 7 um, that has two forms. So it has the, like, uh, rocky form. It's a little star-shaped thing that has, like, a rocky spherical form. And its ability shields down activates when it's at half HP to break open, switch from really bulky stats to really offensive stats. And it has seven different colors for the whole, like, rainbow electromagnetic uh, light spectrum uh so it's really cool that you can see that guy again and really looking forward to bring my collection of mini ores into uh the switch era nice yeah and like the isn't the shiny really cool it's like black or something yeah yeah that's so sick um yeah that's that's cool that they uh they that they brought that um or brought that pokemon back because it felt like it was forgotten <laughs> from from Gen yep. Seven. I feel like they did that with like with a few Gen Seven Pokemon, like Bruxish being in like the the base game and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, and Crab Brawler. Um, I think uh, I'm also looking for some like some of the other Pokemon that are returning that I'm excited about. Um, Superior seems pretty cool with Contrary. You know, Contrary Leaf Storm. I don't think it's going to be really significant. You know, because it's just like. It's gotten power crept so hard since mm-hmm. Gen Four that I or Gen Five rather um, that I don't think it's going to be really there. Uh, Excadrill coming back, I think, is cool. Giving oh, yeah. a, like a real sand sweeper that <laughs> Sorry, we haven't like that we haven't had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like you know, ground steel is going to be pretty cool. So I might try and do something with with Titar there. Maybe like a you know Titar uh, Excadrill Houndstone or something like that. Yeah, could be, could be fun um comfy coming back is just really neat it's just like triage is such a cool ability and you know mono fairy on a pokemon that does get trick room is mm-hmm. uh, is neat with plus with like draining kiss and stuff um alchemy with decorate is neat to be able to you know, like give a give a weakness policy out so i could see none of these pokemon really doing well but like a meme team here or there could be mm-hmm. could be fun you know like Golurk, uh, Reuniclus, Raquanid, like that kind mm-hmm. of stuff could be fun just to play around with and see what you can come up with. Um, so anything you're doing to like prepare for um the Indigo Disc? Yeah, so actually um I'm shiny hunting a uh two cannon of all things to complete like the weird gen seven shinies. Nice to uh oh yeah, it was like it was like Fruit Loops colors, right? Yes, yes. Um yeah, so I, I want to. That's like the last shiny I want to like bring into the game to like see it. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I'm just kind of waiting for it to drop. Um, I'm actually going to see that new Miyazaki film, The Boy and the Heron, uh, nice. the night that the DLC drops. So like, I'll come home right after the movie, and the DLC will probably be ready to play. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I as I've been, you know, telling you. I finished up my Baldur's Gate three campaign, my my first my my first one over the weekend. So I'm like able to just fully go in on uh, on the Indigo Disc, which would be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to playing through it and actually taking my time with it to to some extent because not that I blew through the other one, but like 
I didn't battle the trainers, but it seems like battling the trainers is kind of the draw of this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure. I can't wait to see which one of us finds out how to evolve uh, Diplin the first. Because I remember <laughs> yeah. it was like, I think, I, I don't know if I, I was the first or, or what, but I think like one of us found like the shack in the corner of the map and was like, guys, this is the apple that you, <laughs> that you throw at your apple in. And we were like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And like that, that kind of like little discovery stuff is fun. So yeah. Um, Cool. Well, I am certainly looking forward to this as I know you are as well. And we hope everyone out there listening is looking forward to it also and uh, have a great time with it. It should be a lot of fun. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's say our goodbyes. You first, John. To to do or to gong. That is the question. (laughs) And with that, We thank you all very much. Like I said, hope you enjoyed. Have a great rest of your evening or day or wherever you are listening to this. Have a great time exploring the Indigo Disc and returning to Area Zero and figuring out all the lost treasures there. Class dismissed. 